Welcome to the Strange Brew Podcast. My name is Jason Barnard and I've had uh, many honours on the Strange Brew, but this is, uh, you know, a really big thing for me. We've got Mike McGear McCartney, who's recorded and released some of the some of the best work of the 60s and 70s with McGough McGear, Solo, with Grimm's and other things as well. And Woman, an album called Woman, McGear album. Not that I would interject, Jason, not that I would like... <laughs> Interrupt your uh, lovely speech. You go for it, Mike. Any time you want. Um, Absolutely. Strange we, brew. It's all the strange brew I've been drinking. We open the show with so much, and that's from the uh, wonderful new reissue of McGough and McGear that's out now on uh, Esoteric. You had an incredible cast of people who played on that wonderful album. It was quite extraordinary when you think the older people will know. Uh, the people I'm going to say, but the younger people, if they find out, uh, obviously Jimmy, our kid, they'd know. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, uh, they would know. With the experience, Noel and Mitch were in there as well. They came along different days. Uh, Graham, Holly's Crosby, Still Nash and Young, Nash. Uh, Dave Traffic Mason. Spencer Davis was there. Uh, Paul Samuel Smith from the Yardies. And then he went on to produce Cat Stevens and Carly Simons. He was an important part of the this McGuffin-McGuire album. Uh, Gary Walker Brothers Leeds. Uh, Viv, you just played So Much In Love. Viv Prince from The Pretty Things. He was the drummer that uh, Keith Moon used to love. He, he looked up to Viv. And he just heard with the So Much In Love that sort of very moony feel to it. Mike Hart from the Roadrunners, he was there, came down from Liverpool. John Mayo uh, from the Blues Breakers. Zoot, George Zoot Bruno Money, Zoot Money, who was an integral part. Uh, on the, f- the floating sacks at the end is a guy called Wib, Wib, William I. B. Bennett from the Royal Philharmonic uh, in London. Uh, all these sort of uh, people Andy Roberts was the main person behind all the poetry, but just came along because they were mates or were passing through town. And with McGough McGear scaffold, we hadn't even, tell you the truth, I suppose during the recording, uh, we became quite well known because we started this June the 18th, our kid's birthday. But we won't go into the fact that he had admitted, uh, on the very same day, he admitted taking LSD, <laughs> which, as you well know, is pounds, shillings, and pence. Mm. So he was uh, full of money, and that's the day we started it. But then, uh, for the Christmas, we had, thank you very much, uh, a number of, I think, about five or four in the top charts. Uh, so that, I suppose, more people would be more amenable to coming in, uh, and mainly because they would come in and, and play with us, because we weren't a threat. You know, we were rock and roll, heavy rock and rollers, then 
you know, they think, because obviously record companies, you couldn't do that now. And in fact, you couldn't do it then, but they, because oh, everyone's contractually uh, obligated and tied to the record companies, uh, and uh, they wouldn't have been allowed. But they, it was the 60s, so it was much better in terms of, they would say, oh, sod off, we'll, we, we like doing this. And mainly, we weren't a threat. Comedy, poetry, etc. It was not rock and roll. So the rock and rollers came in, and I was allowed to do all my songs there uh, with uh, the best in the world at that time. Yeah, and we'll be playing ex art student next. What was the songwriting process? Was it? Did you have? Did you come with a, a rough idea and then flesh it out in the studio, or the, was, was there jams? Well, we did the basic uh, words that were uh, McGough's words, but then I thought of this idea of having all uh, my favourite painters, uh, and then you start going and it's and it's Bruegel, Bosch, Dali, uh, Magritte, Ernst, uh, etc., all in a sequence. And Jane, Jane Asher, who was our kid's girlfriend then. Uh, she narrated it over. So the whole album is very much uh, loose and experimental. I think the uh, the best way to to say is <clears throat> to sum it up is live and loose. <laughs> and it was that sort of thing where we had no idea what we were doing until we got in and then just went for it. And a majority was it first takes, you know. Fantastic. Well, let's do it and listen to X-Art Student. Good choice, Jason. <laughs> She's an ex-art student. She's an ex-art student. An ex-art student. She's an ex-art student. An ex-art student. Children, 
Hold down the billiard when the world of the passion Passion was foolish as English did static Foliard will be used like Alan
ex-art student and understand that Jimi Hendrix was on guitar on that one. That ending is the best ending. If you just let it go and mm. sit back, it's the end of the album, turn the lights down and just listen to that end. And it goes into you know, where it fades down the music and very much that Mooney Fifth Prince. I think Mitch might have from Hendrix Experience might have been with him. But that is very moony, that end, where he, he fades out. It's a bit like Do the Album. And as that fades down, and then suddenly the floating starts, and you get Dave Mason on his sitar, and then you get with Bennett the with his beautiful flute, and then Jimmy's... <laughs> those beautiful wah-wah guitar noises, like bubbles of... Uh, rainbow bubbles coming in and that fade it could just go on forever you could just put on a loop tape and you'd be into another world fantastic and i do strongly recommend everyone who goes out and buys that the, the new reissue of that that record mike i must mention the scaffold and obviously there's a strong connection between mcgoff and mcgear and the scaffold uh, and we'll be playing two days monday which i think's your daily single how what's the background of the scaffold coming together well i was a ladies hairdresser in liverpool with do you ever see the professionals on the telly do you ever oh, see yeah. oh, did you see that mm. well uh, the two guys one of them is lewis collins right mm. from the professionals well he and i were juniors he was younger than me but he and i were juniors at a place called Under Bernard Ladies Barbers in Liverpool. Uh, Jimmy Tarbuck had just left. He was going down to London to try to become a comedian. Uh, Lou and I were in there as juniors. So I was passing up one day, passing up pins to the stylist uh, called Mike Weinblatt, and uh, just passing up pins. And he said, you're, uh, he was a London boy, isn't it? He said, uh, you are team, uh, Peter. They had a Michael there. One of the senior staff was called Michael, so uh-huh. it couldn't be called that. So it went from his first name. My name's Peter Michael. So I became Peter. He said, uh, you're artistic, aren't you, uh, Peter? Uh, I said, why? He said, oh, you should come down to the Hope Hall, which is now the Everyman Theatre in Liverpool. Very important theatre. But I went down with him to do these like uh, they had these underground happening and events and these two people the guy running it was a guy called John Gorman who was a post office engineer and this poet was called Roger McGough who was a teacher Uh, and Adrian Henry the painter he was there as well and a couple of girls and we collectively sorry when I joined them I just went to see it first and then they got me up and I tried doing a little sketch called Old Folks and I found that when the audience laughed, just read it from a piece of paper when the audience laughed uh, I thought, oh God, I can do this they like it So, but we were collectively called all of us, the Liverpool One Fat Lady Non-Electric Show which no one could pronounce so we changed, got rid of a couple three men emerged uh, and we called ourselves Scaffold And you were signed to Powerfam? Uh, first one, we were with EMI, Parlophone, for, yeah, today's man died, today's man died, 
Monday's washing day is everybody a piece of a chalet we are. Today's Monday, today's Monday. Monday is washing day, is everybody happy? You bet your life we are. Today's Tuesday, today's Tuesday, Tuesday soon. Monday is washing day, is everybody happy? You bet your life we are. Today's Wednesday, today's Wednesday, Wednesday's roast beef, Tuesday soon. Monday is washing day, is everybody happy? You bet your life we are. Today's Thursday, today's Thursday, Thursday is shepherd's pie, Wednesday's a roast beef, Tuesday soup. Monday is washing day, is everybody happy? You bet your life we are. Today's Friday, today's Friday, Friday's fish. Thursday's shepherd's pie, Wednesday's a roast beef, Tuesday's soup. Monday is washing day, is everybody happy? You bet your life we are. Today's Saturday, today's Saturday, Saturday's payday, Friday's fish. Thursday's shepherd's pie, Wednesday's a roast beef, Tuesday's soup, Monday's washing day, is everybody happy? You bet your life we are. Today's Sunday, today's Sunday, Sunday is church. Saturday's payday, Friday's fish, Thursday's shepherd's pie, Wednesday's a roast beef, Tuesday's soup, Monday's a washing day. Is everybody happy? You met your life. Before we play Free Blind Jellyfish, you actually worked with George Martin as well, didn't you, with the scaffold? In our house in Fourthland Road, we used to have an album called Songs for Swinging Sellers, which is Peter Sellers. And we used to li- listen to this comedy album, uh, which Peter Sellers did mainly sketches and a few little songs. Oh, comedy, Peter Sellers, the comedian. Uh, and this song says, <laughs> it's him on the cover, hanging around. That's the cover of the bloody thing. And, but it was a magic album. And it was produced by a gentleman called George Martin. Mm-hmm. So then when our kid went into his rock and roll business, they chose George. So that was a strange thingy because George was comedy. But obviously, when it came to us being recorded, the only one we wanted was the best man in comedy in Britain, George Martin. Yeah. And he did this beautiful three blind jellyfish. Uh, today's Monday. And if you hear the orchestration on three blind jellyfish, and then think of some of our kids' tracks, like Helen Rigby and things mm-hmm. like that, and li- listen to the similarity. That's always fascinated me. Because who, which one was first? Gentleman, lovely man, very professional, very good at his craft. Well, let's play Free Blind Jellyfish. 
Uh, why not? Because it is a remarkable, very serious, <laughs> uh, a very, prof a very profound Absolutely. statement. It's almost as profound as long, strong black pudding. Three blind jellyfish. Three blind jellyfish. Three blind jellyfish sitting on a rock, and one fell off. Two blind jellyfish, two blind jellyfish, two blind jellyfish sitting on a rock. And another one fell off. Ah. One blind jellyfish, one blind jellyfish, one blind jellyfish sitting on a rock. And another one fell off. Oh, no. <laughs> no blind jellyfish, no blind jellyfish, no blind jellyfish sitting on a rock. And one jumped on. Hooray! One blind jellyfish, one blind jellyfish, one blind jellyfish sitting on a rock. Another one jumped on. Hooray! Two blind jellyfish, two blind jellyfish, two blind jellyfish sitting on a rock. And another one jumped on. Hooray! Three blind jellyfish, three blind jellyfish, three blind jellyfish sitting on a rock. And one fell off. Oh. Two blind jellyfish, two blind jellyfish, two blind jellyfish sitting on a rock. Another one fell off. Ah! Oh. <laughs> one blind jellyfish, one blind jellyfish, one blind. Next, uh, let's play uh, The Scaffold, and thank you very much. And uh, I mentioned I was talking to you, Mike, to my wife. I mentioned that you wrote that song, and she was absolutely flabbergasted in, in the sense that, you know, everybody knows that song. Do you know how it came about? Do you know how I wrote it? Go, please tell me, Mike. This is yeah. just for, what's your wife's name? Uh, Marie. This is just for Marie's story. Uh, and so what I was, uh, I was living up here. I live uh, on the Wirral here. Uh, opposite little the Beverly Hills of Liverpool, that's where I live. <laughs> Our kid, had, he lived down in London with his pop group, and he sent up uh, one Christmas or birthday, I think it was. Uh, this box came, I opened the box, and there is a leather box with etched into the top, N-I-K-O-N, Nikon, or Nikon as the Americans say. Yeah. Beautiful, in leather. So I opened this leather box, and there inside, in purple velvet, was a Nikon S camera, which is like the Rolls-Royce of cameras. Absolute mad. I was a photographer, you know. Mm. I did all my early stuff, mainly on a Roly, a Roly Magic it was, all the early Liverpool stuff with our kid and his group, and uh, Gene Vincent live on the cabin, uh, J. Lee Lewis, Little Richard, when they came through Liverpool, scaffold, etc., uh, that was so to have suddenly the Rolls Royce of uh, cameras as a Prezi uh, was such a shock and a joy. So I decided to ring our kid down in London. And what happened with our kid at that time? Because this group he was in, 
Uh, you wouldn't have heard about them in York. Tiny band, yeah. They they were good, and they were now getting big in London. So that when anybody rang him, he wouldn't say anything. He'd let them talk, and then if they were dodgy, it'd become a a, a Chinese takeaway or a, <laughs> you know a restaurant, a, a, you know cleaning thing, anything. He'd just put them off. So uh, that was his trick. He never. You always talk first. So I am wait. I'm just waiting for it to answer. This thing is going. Like a long time, just about to put it down, and he picks it up. So instead of and silence. So instead of something, this tune popped into my head whilst there was. And suddenly he, there's silence. So I went and said, "Thank you very much for the Nick Con camera. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very, very much. Thank you very much for the Nick Con camera. Thank you very, very, very much." Oh, you got it! I've got it! It's fantastic! What a prezi! That was. Fun. He said, "Oh, we're all going down here." I said, "Man, that doesn't matter. This one up here. What a prezi! That's so great. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much." He said, "Oh, no, it's a pleasure. Ta da! Ta da!" And I put the phone down and thought, to catch you little number, we'll use that for the end of scaffold shows, our theatre and university shows, to thank people for coming. That's how it tell Marie, that's how Thank You Very Much was written. Thank you very much for the entry iron. Thank you very much, thank you very, very, very much. Thank you very much for the entry iron. Thank you very, very, very much.
1968 must have been a really big year. Not only did you have Thank You Very Much with McGough McGear as well that came out, but you had a monster song in Lily the Pink. Yes, it was. Well, the great thing about it, Jason, is the fact that, you know, what, you, what have you done in your life? What have you contributed to society? Well, have you made the world any difference? Mm. I'm not a brain surgeon. I haven't invented, you know, anything extraordinary. Uh, you know, but the bottom line, what did you do? We made people happy. Mm. And that, to me, is, uh, that's all I want. If people smile when they hear your name and, and listen to your stories and, uh, and listen to your records. Now, another one for Marie. Yeah. We're in Abbey Road. Mike Vickers from Man for Man was organizing the session. Uh, Scaffold don't play instruments, so we had to have the best session people in London, and they would just come, whoever produced it would get them, and we got, I think Nori Paramore produced it as a thing, so he, and he was there, Cliff Richards, and all that era, uh, Nori, and uh, so he's in there, Mike Vickers has got all the musos, and I'm saying, to Mike, I said, what the hell is he doing there, the bass player? He said, oh, he's just uh, just a joke. You know, I said, but he's Jack Bruce from Cream. <laughs> so he said, yeah, it's just a joke. So I said, well, I don't believe this. So with amongst all the session men, you know, he just did it, probably needed the money, whatever. Uh, Scottish guy, you know, it's great for his show business, but I've got to pay the bills. So he's out there. So I went out and I said, hello, Jack. Oh, hello, Mike. How are you, son? Everything okay? I said, uh, yeah, it's good. Now, uh, listen, Jack, for this song, you know, you play whatever you want. You know, whispered to him because he couldn't let the other men do that. They had to follow the dots. I said, but you, Jack, you can play whatever you want, okay? He says, hey, Mike, I've been looking at the dots here myself and... Uh, to tell you the truth, I think the best thing on this thing is, on this song is, boom, 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 boom. And that's exactly what he did. <laughs> yeah. The can lad on it, just for a bit of extra yeah. interest for me, was uh, a young man called Tim Rice. Wow. He was the, the coffee boy, the, the gopher. Nice lad. Uh, on the, when you listen to this now, uh, wait till it gets the Jennifer Eccles verse, and uh, everyone thinks this is the the original number one record you're going to play. Yeah. Okay, that's the one that people have always heard and are going to listen to it again now, but now they're going to listen with different ears because everyone knows that Jennifer Eccles versus Roger McGough, the poet. Uh, so what I did was I rang Graham Nash, who... Is in the on the McGuff McGee, the whole McGuff McGee album. But a rang for Lilia, rang Gray. He had just had number one with Jennifer Eccles. I said, listen, Gray, if, can you come to Abbey Road? Uh, we're taking the piss out of, uh, Jennifer Eccles on, on this track we're doing. Uh, can you sing it? And he said, of course, Michael. So he comes along and in a lower register, he's always the high stuff. You listen to that, uh, verse. It is so Graham Nash. Mm-hmm. I mean, why everyone listening to, hold on, that's not McGuff, that's Graham Nash. It is that obvious. Wait till you hear it now. Uh, the whole reason why we did it was to wheel boom, 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 
boom, thud, 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 thud. To get people dancing, it had to have the thud, you know, boom, 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 boom. And so at the end of the recording, I uh, said, he said, uh, Nori Paramore turned around and said, uh, Mike, what do you think? And this is unusual because, you know, uh, he's the producer, he's the boss. And in fact, Tim Rice in his book, read Tim Rice's book, mm-hmm. and he says that uh, Nori Paramore produced uh, Lily the Pink, sorry, Mike McGear <laughs> <laughs> produced it. Because I was so into listening to our kids' stuff, Abbey Road, so coming along to hear all the stuff they did and particularly that period was the Pepper album so I was there all the time and so listening to all the things the tricks they got up to I was really into it but not being a muser all I could hear the stuff in my head and so I knew that I had to have a boom 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 so Nori Parham at the end said what do you think Mike I said uh, oh that's good now it's uh, nearly there he said how do you mean nearly I said We've, the whole reason we did it now, you remember, was the boom, boom, boom. Can we just get that up? So he said to the tape off, uh, to the engineer, can you have more of the bass drum thud, please? And he said, no, that's it. We put so much on this record uh, that all overdub, but there aren't any tracks. So I said, oh, no, we've got to do that. Could you bounce some of the tracks down uh, on, and get a, leave me one free track and he said, well, not now. Uh, if you do it, uh, I'll do it tomorrow. So I went in the next day uh, uh, in the overcoat. It was cold. Went into, was I'll tell you what studio it was in Abbey Road. Mm. First one on the left, number three. Uh, majority, uh, the one was the big one for all you need is love. Two was the one with the stairs that you see on films and telly all the time, where we recorded most of our stuff. Three was Pink Floyd's thing. They were always in three. So they weren't there that day. So I went in, uh, and again, another long story. I got uh, Ringo's drum kit. I got his bass drum, took it into three, and uh, eventually got uh, the boom, boom. It was two, boom, boom. So I put my overcoat on top of uh, Ringo's bass drum and thud, thud. I got the thud I wanted. And so this song you're now about to hear all the way through <laughs> has this lunatic talking to you, uh, going, well, boom, thud, 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 thud. That's me banging the whole record all the way through. We'll drink a drink a drink to Lily the Pink, the Pink, the Pink, the Savior of the human race. For she invented medicinal compound, most efficacious in every case. Mr. Fleas had sticky out ears, and it made him awful shy. And so they gave him medicinal compound, and now he's learning.
That was Lily the Pink. Yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> Next, Mike, I'd like to play Donovan and Happiness Runs. And uh, when I was reading into you, I was really surprised to hear that you did backing vocals with Graham Nash and Leslie Duncan on that song. That's right, we did, yeah. Lovely, that. It was a lovely, peaceful little record. Remember the Happiness Runs, Happiness Runs? I haven't heard that for 50 years. So I'm looking forward to hearing this one. Lovely lad, uh, Donovan. Little pebble upon the sand Now you're lying here in my hand How many years have you been here? Little human upon the sand From where I'm lying here in your hand You to me are but a passing breeze The sun shine where you stand depending in which 
Happiness runs in a circular motion Thought is like a little boat upon the scene Everybody is a part of everything anyway You can have everything if you let yourself be Happiness runs, happiness runs Happiness runs, happiness runs Happiness runs, happiness runs Happiness runs, happiness runs Happiness runs in a circular motion Thought is like a little part upon the sink Everybody is a part of everything anyway You can have everything if you let yourself see Happiness runs, happiness runs Happiness runs, happiness runs Happiness runs, happiness runs Happiness runs, happiness runs Happiness runs in a circular motion Thought is like a little boat upon the sea Everybody is a part of everything anyway You can have everything if you let yourself be Happiness runs, happiness runs Happiness runs, happiness runs Happiness runs, happiness runs Happiness runs, happiness runs Why Because Why Because Why Because Why because happiness runs in a circular motion Thought is like a little boat upon the sea Everybody is a part of everything anyway You can have everything if you let yourself be You can have everything if you let yourself be You can have everything if you let yourself be You can have everything if you let yourself be You can have everything if you let yourself be You can have everything if you let yourself be you can have everything if you let yourself be. You can have everything if you let yourself be. You can have everything if you let yourself be. You can have everything if you let yourself be. You can have everything if you let yourself be. You can have everything if you let yourself be. You can have everything if you let yourself be. Hey, happiness runs. Fantastic. It was. Mike, you've had a, a really, really good solo career in the 70s. And one of the things I noticed, uh, so we're talking about Woman, the title track of your 1972 album, but you really did have some really good backing bands on those albums. Well, they're friends mainly. They're friends and we used to, when it, because we couldn't play musical instruments, we were dependent on, in the recording studio, session men. But the session men were always, always brilliant musicians. But they just played the dots and went home. They, they, you know, they were businessmen. They were genius musicians, but they just, well, we, we never went to the pub with them after because they wanted to get home to their families and it was purely a job. So slowly we got round as a nucleus of people that became friends. We'd go and see him in London, Luke Money, Paul Samuel Smith. All these people were mates and uh, Andy Roberts, the guitar player, used to back us many, many times. So slowly all these people, John Bale, Spencer Davis, uh, etc., and they would just be made to see them in the clubs and whatever, and then they'd start, you'd start working with them. And then on Woman, I just said to them, look, lads, I've done the commercial stuff. I don't thank you very much. Uh, I wrote that for Scaffs, 
uh, and then Lily the Pink, big number one. And so uh, I'd like to do something different now. And so I got all these musos around me. I think Neil Innes was in the, the beginning as well. And uh, I said, look, look lad, would you, can you come up north and we'll go into Strawberry Studios, 10CZ's studio. That's where we did the majority of it. And I've got these songs and see what happens. And so beautifully, they came, you know, I put a few up in my house here. And that uh, album evolved uh, and completely nothing to do with uh, my scaffold things at all. Like my Gough McGear album, you know, consciously, we know what we are. We know we're scaffold, we're humorous, poetry, humor. It's just a fun band. But a lot like Brian Epstein once said to me, the early days of the Beatles, you want me to do make you a pop star? I said, no, I want to do scaffold uh, first. Uh, it's uh, universities, theaters, and they, you know, get into the business. And our kid is, is doing rather well to follow that would be stupid. Uh, but then later, I'd established myself, and so I thought something different. So I did this one album, uh, recorded it so, so different to the scaffold stuff, and, but uh, still contractually obliged to uh, AMI Parlophone. So I finished the album, uh, took it down to London, because I had to, went to Manchester Square, AMI, and I played it to all the bosses there. And they sat there for the whole thing, and I could see that they just didn't get it. But they listened patiently. They, they did at least they did that. And at the end, you know, just waiting for the big round of applause. And that's that's fantastic, Mike. <laughs> oh, that, and they were just very nice. And oh yes, jolly good, yeah. And so we walked out of the room. We're walking down the corridor, and I'm with the boss of EMI Records. So I said, "What do you think, Ron?" He said, yeah, very good, Mike, but uh, when are you going to give me another lily to think? <laughs> so I thought, oh, dear, you're not the thingy for me. So I let other people hear it. That's why I got out of EMI Parlophone and went to Ireland. I went to Warners, etc., just for change, because they understood these people. Uh, more uh, more into music <clears throat> so it's a fascinating departure it's a nice peaceful track woman absolutely let's listen to it then woman and uh, in other words me mum
and woman. Next Mike we're uh, taking a sojourn into Grimm's and the song Take It While You Can. That's Do you the, know what yeah. Grimm's? You know Grimm's? You know what Grimm's is? Gut yeah. for Gorman, Rut for Robert, Sandy Roberts, It for Ennis, Neil Innes, McGough McGear, S for Stanchel, Grimm's. Ah, Ah, you're getting all the secrets from me today, Jason. <laughs> it's quite a bit of a sort of com- comedy music uh, supergroup, really. Oh, it was, and it was such a joy to do. So it was such a, a fascinating concept. Uh, and the original Grimm's—that's the one that I was in and was proud of. Then it, it became too big. I got too many poets. Too many singers, too many comedians, and I, I had to leave. Uh, helped with uh, Brian Patton, the poet, coming for me on a bus, uh, drunk out of his head. Uh, the original Grimm's was magic. People like Zupmoney, Neil Innes, uh, Viv Stanchel, these people were magic. And, and we'd have people like Grimm's, we'd have people like with Average White Band. Then we went into the Tim Rice album, Fresh Liver, with uh, the average viper and the Dundee Horns, Al Gorey and uh, Hamish and uh, Molly Duncan. Uh, and they would come along into Grimm's gigs and help us with the brass and things like that. It was a really magical evening to put those two insane groups together. And Neil had these gigantic shoes, platform shoes. We're talking... Did you ever see Elton John? Was it in Tommy? Oh, yeah. Do you remember him with his cap on, his glasses, and he Mm. comes on in those giant boots? Yeah, Pinball Wizard. Pinball Wizard. Remember that? Mm. Yeah. Well, he nicked it from Neil Innes. And so this (laughs) was great. And he, Elton John, was Scavell's backing singer, by the way. And uh, he, Neil Innes, used to, part of the actor, can just see it now, he would, the whole place would go dark, and then there's a little light just on the microphone at the front, and slowly you could see somebody from the back slowly coming on, because it's very hard to walk in those big boots, uh, holding a guitar, and he'd come right to the microphone, and of course, 
uh, he's on these giant boots, so he goes to sing, and the microphone's down there. So somebody has to come on, put the microphone up to his thingies, uh, and the whole comedy, you know, and smash in. But that's it, the big, long walk down. Uh, and he's got a long walk back as well, because they're heavy boots, it takes a long time. And so he finally gets the microphone and says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, a short blues. And he goes on his guitar, and walks off. <laughs> and then Viv coming on, genius. He was so good. Viv Stanchel. Uh, these certain people are, are giants in the music mm. world uh, and in comedy. And Viv Stanchel, he was such a unique man. Ginger, uh, big beard. Dear boy, him and Mooney were, uh, you know, be careful. If Mooney and Stanchel ever got together again, keep out the way. <laughs> <laughs> they were dynamic. Let's listen to Grimms and take it while you can. Oh, take it while you can. Yeah. Oh, my God, this is me. Oh, yeah, this is, I always remember the end. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow you'll be, well, you'll, you'll hear the end. And then at the end where you hear, what he says at the end, and the whole, we put the lights out on the last word, boom, and the whole place went black. So just remember at the end of this, when he finishes this song, a genius singer, by the way, when he finishes the song, just imagine your whole room goes black. Take it while you can, Jake.
Take it while you can. Uh, Mike, I have to confess, I've played this next song before on my podcast because I really like it. It's your version of Sea Breezes by Roxy Music that was on your McGear album. It was the opening track of the album. Our kid chose that. Uh, I said, well, I don't know it. He said, listen, because I've got a way of doing it. It's different to Brian's. I said, well, I love Roxy Music. And Brian was very happy, uh, contacted us and was dead chuffed that we'd chosen that, Was loved my version of his song, which is a compliment, isn't it? Mm. The guitars are really good on that, actually. Who, who was playing guitar? I think that would be Denny Lane and might be our kid because he mm. did a lot of uh, multi instruments like on band on the road mm. all him uh and denny and uh <clears throat> this on that one it would it might be jimmy mcculloch in there as well mm. G- jimmy was there later on what what led up to the to the recording of that album was it you, yourself wanting to kind of record again just our kid making a mistake and saying what are you doing <laughs> i was in between things and i said uh, uh nothing he said uh should we try some music and I said, oh, yeah, I haven't done that. I, I do the comedy stuff. But, you know, let's have a go. So I went down to his house in London. We sat round and we came up with this uh, single called, this uh, song called Leave It, mm. uh, coupled with Sweet Baby, which we did here in this house. That is uh, that's how it started. And it went down so well uh, with, it was Linda's uh, people in America uh, the Eastmans there, they were getting us a record deal. And they said, oh, hold on, we're playing this to everyone. And everyone is thinking, are you stopping there? <laughs> you know, you should do an album. Mm. So our kids said, uh, can, you know, what are you like on time? I said, I'm doing nothing. He said, well, I've got a period that I can do uh, that. Uh, should we go for an album? Again, in Strawberry. I would come up north. Uh, he's got a house up here as well. And uh, so we used to set up every day in our car, taking our butties with us, our pate butties with us, and a little uh, mixture of uh, uh, drinks and things, and uh, go to Strawberry every day, and just work in Strawberry every day. And that was the uh, track, the, the opening track of the whole McGear album. <laughs> Same mistakes. <laughs> 
Uh, Leave It was a, a big hit, actually, in the chat. It was, yeah. It went across uh, Europe with that and across America with that and the album. By the time we brought it out with the album, I think it was out first, and then followed it up with the album. But uh, they always played that wherever it went in America and Europe, uh, did tellies and all that sort of thing. Mm. But uh, the best one, <laughs> just picture uh, leave it now, and I'm doing it in Top of the Pops. I'll tell you, it was in the room next to me, it was uh, Brian Ferry. Oh, right. He was on the same Top of the Pops. And uh, he, so it came to the thing, and I said, look, to the BBC people, I said, can I have, I want to, you know, the Sanderman Portman. There used to be an advert with the Sanderman Portman, and he had this big cloak around him, and this black hat, uh, very stylish. And I said, I want to be the Sanderman Portman. I've got the hat. It's a beautiful uh, velvet-type hat. Uh, so I need the cloak. And the BBC were trying, and they said, look, we haven't got one in Wood Lane and Television Centre, but we're trying for you, uh, trying to get it somewhere else. So just before transmission, just before, because it was all live in those days, just before it went out, 
they said, I said, where's my cloak? I, I really, I can't do this without the cloak. Just go in there with a hat, looks stupid. And they said, it's here. Hold on, hold on, there it is, there it is. And I'm honestly, just probably going on. I said, get it, give it on. They said, Mike, you're going to love uh, uh, where it came from. Uh, I said, well, no, let's get it on. I said, Sally's going to start any second. They said, Mike, uh, you're going to love. I, I said, why? Where do you get it from? We've got it from Elstree Film Studios. I said, and so look in the label. So I looked in the label just before I put it on and went in front of the top of the pops and sang Lieber. And there inside the label said Christopher Lee. It was Dracula's cloak. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when you listen to Lieber, you will you will see Dracula, hear Dracula singing to you.
leave it by Mike McGear. Hey, do you like the false end there? The DJs have put that on and didn't know that ah. it came back. And suddenly, you know, it'd blow their heads off. <laughs> and so they hated us until <laughs> they got used to it. Um, Mike, the, the next song is uh, is one of my favourites of yours um, among them all, and it's The Man Who Found God on the Moon. What was the genesis of that song? That was lovely. That was just, I had these ideas. You know, we got into uh, Strawberry, and uh, our kids said, oh, what are we doing today? I said, well, I don't know. <laughs> he said, well, should we go on? I said, well, no, I've got these words, and uh, I'll work on them uh, here. Here's the other thing. You work on that. That's how I think that goes down there. I just think they'll all fit together. And, you know, like on his band on the run, certain of his songs, Pepper and things, but like Van on the Room more, they all flow into each other. And I like that sort of, on my stuff, I always like light and shade, whatever I do, uh, that's what, that, that is me, that's why I love Pepper and things like that, and the band on their own, the way they flow in. Uh, that first one was just a, a drive that I had from London to Liverpool, and I was going along the motorway, and these balloons were just like floating along. Sunset, uh, rockets went off, etc. On this one trip home from uh, London to Liverpool. And then the Annette's made me happy bit was where I'm in London in a recording studio waiting to do something. And I'm just in reception. And this little girl popped her head around the door. She was a Krishna kid. She was selling stuff for a little house or something, for Krishna, uh, Hare Krishna. Her name was Annette. So what's your you know, little girl? Uh, are you all right, love? Oh, yes, I'm fine. And just, uh, would you like some flowers? I said, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll buy those, etc. And what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm, I do this because I, I, I love doing it, and I am Hare Krishna, blah, blah, blah. And so all these things just fitted in to this thing. And then the man that found God on the moon, I was watching that on telly live, as we all were in those days. I think it was very early hours of the morning. And I had this tape recorder uh, taping it. I found that bit where he said his thing, he lived on the moon. So actually I found out that he, I think it was Buzz Aldrin, uh, when he went up, it was such an extraordinary, can you imagine being up for the first time, floating mm-hmm. above the earth, it's like Bowie like floating above the earth, but you're a real man down from earth, up in heaven, and you're looking down. And it was such a profound experience for him that he found God, the man who found God on the moon. He turned, he, he, he just saw the enormity of it all, and just said, oh, I give in. That's <laughs> why I turned into the man who found God on the moon. And that's uh, Denny and Paul on backing vocals, I think I can hear it is, and Lynn, I think she was in there as well, yeah. Our kids with that, ooh, that floaty bit, that's mm. very in. Now, the whole thing was a magic track. When you put them all the bits together, it just beautifully flows up and down. It's just a, a lovely feel to it. Men in balloons floating through space Gliding long motorways, running a race 
Sails in the sunset, fireworks explode. Motor plane plows through a night on the road. Thinking of people, places I'd been. Flashbacks, the name of a child. Explore motor plane plow 
hours through a night on the road I'm thinking of people, places I've been Flashbacks the name of a child I had been Mike McGay and the wonderful track, The Man Who Found God on the Moon. Next, and um, there's a the song by The Scaffold, but it, Liverpool Lou, which was uh, another massive hit for The Scaffold, but that's linked in with the recording of that McGay album, I understand. It was. They were, we were asked to do a telly show, BBC, uh, Rita Tushingham, Derek Guyler and Scaffold on a telly show. And we'd do a sketch, etc. And will you sing a song for us? And so I just could not come up with a song. And so I was working with our kid and wings in uh, Strawberry. And so I said to him, have you got any ideas for a scaffold song? And he said, doing this telly. And he said, oh, you want to do Liverpool Lou? I said, no, you know, it's too folky. He said, you know, too, then it's, rah, rah, rah. All those folk songs. And he said, no, just listen to it. Well, I knew it from a very old, it had been around for centuries in Liverpool, Liverpool, oh, Liverpool. But I'd forgotten how it went and said he didn't know the words. So I said to BBC telly people, I said, can you just get me that a song called Liverpool, Liverpool? And so they sent two versions. Uh, one was, it wasn't the spinners, which I thought they would send me something like that, or the Horton Weavers, or the Irish group, uh, something like that. Uh, but they sent two versions, still got them. Uh, one was by Dominic Bean, which is Brendan Bean's brother, uh, and the other was by, can you wait till you hear this one, Delaney and Bonnie. No. Yep. Two versions, Dead Straight, 
what's it called, Dominic Pian, you get these old songs, you, you can do it, then you say, oh, it's going to be trad arranged. And you do, you arrange it very differently. Uh, but it's an old traditional song. And you uh, say, you come for the royalties, you know. Mm. It's a cheap trick. And so we tried to do it with uh, Liverpool Lou. And no, you can't. Dominic Pian. So he got the writing credits and all the money for uh, Liverpool Lou. But the other version was Delaney and Bond. Oh, Liverpool Lou. Lovely Liverpool Lou. Why don't you be here? You know, like, what the hell's going on? It's absolute magic. So therefore, those two opposites, and our kid had them, and he said, oh, you want to go in the middle there? And he did it. He made that song, and that is just wings going in there. <laughs> With, in the middle of Liverpool Lou, is uh, 10 cc's Gizmo, that weird sounding song, sound in the middle, is called a Gizmo. Oh, the Godly and Cream invention. Godly and Cream uh, invention, that's right, yeah? Mm. Very hard to play, but I think our kid played it. Uh, well sung, I think. Mm. Very well sung. Very well sung. I just know what they're saying They're saying you grieve me And that you deceive me Some morning you leave me All packed up and gone Oh, Liverpool, lovely Liverpool Why don't you behave just like other girls do? Stay 
we're getting towards the end of the show and we've got a few more tracks to play. I wanted to play this next song uh, mainly to talk about your photography. About 10 years ago, Paul released an album, Chaos and Creation in the Backyard, and I wanted to play Jenny Wren, but the cover of that album was one of the uh, fantastic evocative photos that that you did in the early 60s and uh, it's the composition of that photo that that makes it you're taking that photo behind uh, the window frames through my mum's neck curtains my mum right. who, who died when we were in Fourth Inn Road when I was 12 years of age uh, those neck curtains uh, she made them uh, so they are very important to me and to our family. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so there was our kid, uh, mum had died, and there he is uh, sitting on the deck, our deck chair in the backyard, in the back garden of Fulton Road, uh, with his guitar. He used to get lost in his guitar. And there he's just uh, miles away, sitting on the deck chair, with the washing above his head. Mm-hmm. And I thought, uh, such a lovely picture. I took it through the gap in the curtains. And in fact, years later, uh, young James, our kid's son, James, mm. who is a great musician, if you ever hear any of his stuff, and singer, he's a very good singer and a very good guitarist. And he was up and he said, Uncle Mike, and I see yours and Dad's old house. And so I took him. The guy there, so I looked down, there is the photograph on the wall, and they'd put a picture in the yard, and I think they had the washing <laughs> of the lines, you know. So you can look out and imagine our kid in the picture. There's the picture on the wall. So I said to James, I said, first of all, to the guy that was running the house then, I said, have you got a guitar? He said, oh, God. I said, how do you mean, have you got one? Oh, no, it's an old one upstairs. Uh, you know, you can't tell out of tune. I said, no, you got a guitar. He said, yeah, but you won't. Don't want to. I said, can I borrow it? So eventually brought it down. I said, here are James, guitar. Look at that picture there. There's your dad, okay. Yeah, now study the picture. See the way he's holding it. See the way he's looking. You go and be your dad on that chair. So I sent him outside, sat him down, and I took his picture <laughs> exact how many years later. Wow. Uh, and I gave it to him and our kid as a present, the two of them together. So, uh, but that is a very special place for us. Oh, how we lost our mum there? Mm. Very personal to us. It's our little, our little world, and that's where the our kid chose that for his album because it was just a lovely feel, lovely feel to it. Mm. Certainly is. So, um, I've chosen Jenny Wren. So let's play it. Cool. Like so many girls, Jenny Wren could sing But a broken heart took us away Like the other girls, Jenny Wren took wing She could see the world Losing 
poverty Breaking up our home Wounded warriors Took us all away by Paul McCartney um, and the, the photo of from Paul's album Chaos and Creation in the Backyard was taken by Mike and um, before we go our last song we're going back to that wonderful McGough and McGear album and I wanted to play Yellow Book because that's another highlight from that fantastic album How did Yes people... it's uh, McGough mm. McGear I believe is on Esoteric Records and Cherry Red Records isn't it? And uh, how do people find out about your photography, your books, uh, you know, music, etc. Oh, all you do is uh, Google. I think we are uh, now, soon, you're going to hear something we're doing, I'm working on with somebody on that side of it because, I, you know, you're doing so many things that it's mm. very hard. I do Twitter. I'm a twit. I do Twitter a lot, what to call the Facebook. Mm. I think we're going to do that hit that pretty soon and a lot of things will you'll be able to see my stuff for the first time uh, but i just haven't done it i've been too busy and lazy <laughs> uh so now i think that's going to be rectified soon and uh what's next for you is it um more photography um you know more reissues working on a book of it's basically mike mccartney's people so you can imagine over I'm now 72, so 
the 72 years of existence and the people that I have met over those years. <laughs> some some very interesting shots. I'm working on a book of uh, me and people now, uh, and also cartoon. I've got these cartoons called the Weirdos. Uh, whenever I put them out, people love them. They are over the weird. Uh, and in the 60s, I originally did them in the late 60s, uh, and they were too weird. I, I've got letters saying, sorry, these are too weird, we can't use them. So now, after all these years, could be the time for uh, for the world to see the weirdos. So they're the two things that don't work out. A lot of other things are things are coming in all the time. So there's a thing about the that poor man that was shot down in a helicopter trying to save elephants. I've, I'm I, I am involved in a a thing with uh, organising people, and we're going to have an exhibition just to show our support. Uh, from to stop people killing elephants, which is really, yeah. but now they're killing humans, trying to stop people killing elephants. So I'm working on something about that as well. So basically, I need to follow you on Twitter and look uh, look out for stuff on Facebook and your website uh, to hear all the activities that you're involved in. Bless you, yeah. For hey, our Twitter is lowercase Mike McCartney. Lower is it called lowercase or something? Mm. Mike McCartney, lowercase, whatever you call it. Uh, Facebook is simply Mike McGear McCartney. I'm following you already. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. Fantastic, Mike. Thank you so much for your time. It's been an honour and privilege to speak to you. Brilliant. And as long as I get a case of strange brew, <laughs> then that'll do me, pal. Lovely. Right. I'll get that one in the post down to uh, Merseyside. <laughs> All the best. Thank Ta-da. you. Bye. You stand behind the curtain, your ear to the window pane, listening for the secrets in the chatter of the rain. Which cloud has got married? Which one's left his wife? Which winds joined the army? Which one has lost its life? Scandals, you never miss a word. And when the raindrops go away, you write down every word. Which mountain keeps a mistress? Which one's growing old? Which flower is pregnant? Which one's got a cold? You keep a little yellow book and when the windows rattle you eavesdrop and you then record nature's tittle tattle which trees bought a new dress which one's looking pale which rivers run away to sea which one's gone to jail your yellow book and tried to read in vain for who but you can understand the language of the rain 
language of the Lorraine.